Hello and welcome back to The Social Disease. I'm Jasper. And I'm Bridget. And we are back after a hot girl summer. Nice summer vacation. We needed a little month off to just rest our voices, you know? (laughs) Yeah, because we've been talking so much this year. (laughs) All we do is talk, 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 talk. (laughs) So we were like, we deserve a month off. So we took one. Well, I was just bouncing around the United States, so I was busy. And I was bouncing around New York State, so I was busy. (laughs) But now we are back with Junior High Season 3. It finally gets good, guys. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. The first episode alone, I was like, finally some drama. I needed this. But we're not talking about that today. I'd say it was more than just drama. It was like trauma. Yeah, what Degrassi is known for. It really shines in this season. It's it's the first time that Degrassi goes there. Yep. And they do it a few times this season. It's not even just one thing. They do a few A plots, finally. Yes. But... I, <laughs> our first episode, we're kind of just getting the less exciting plots out of the way so that we could get to the more exciting ones later on though I guess we do have a a a bit of excitement with Kathleen yeah I would say we're kind of covering the C plot characters right now and I will say Kathleen and Melanie are like B plot characters so do you mean in the sense of like their relevance to the show because each of these characters I think get an A plot in the season I think in a sense of like entertaining entertainment plots like wow that was fun to watch I think that Arthur and Yick are still sitting in between maybe they're at like a C plus right now (laughs) but Scooter and Bart are like I say those names and I don't think anyone would remember them ever like on this planet so I would I would say even D I would give them a D plot (laughs) But Kathleen and Melanie are kind of sitting at, like, they're closer to, like, being main characters, in my opinion, than the other four. Yeah, because the thing is, I feel like each class has its, like, star hitters. And for Kathleen and Melanie's class, that's Caitlin. Yes. Who who else? Yeah, I guess probably just Caitlin. <laughs> and then Kathleen and Melanie are, like, a step below her. For the... yeah. I guess they're in grade eight this season. Yeah, I think that's the thing. They really gave a lot of the like better plots to the older characters, which makes sense. They tend to kind of do that because, you know, with age comes like more responsibility. So the plots we're talking about today don't really touch upon like the only person whose plot touches upon like a serious topic is surprisingly Kathleen. Why is that surprising, given her alcoholic mom last season? Because I literally hate her. Still? Uh, yeah. It just goes, we'll get into it, we'll get into it, I have some thoughts. Okay, well, let's get to them as fast as we can, then, by starting with Scooter and Bartholomew. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do it. So, I think they have taken the place of Arthur and Yick of season one and two in this season (laughs) because Arthur and Yick have maybe stepped up a little bit at least Arthur as we'll talk about is like insecure 
about things, even though it's just about the fact that he's rich. But it's something rather than silly middle school plots, which means that the onus of the middle school plots has gone to Scooter and Bart. <laughs> so in the first episode of the season, we get a little throwback where Bart is the new kid at Degrassi. <laughs> and similar to Arthur and Yick in the first episode of season one, he's asking for directions and Arthur and Yick decide to not break the wheel and they <laughs> lock Bart in a broom closet and they change their minds for a, for a hot second and let him out. But then instead of sending him to Miss Avery's class, they sent him instead to Mr. Radish's class. But it's a cute bit of serendipity because in Mr. Radish's class, before he gets kicked out, he notices that Scooter is reading the same Superman comic that he is. So they take an immediate liking to each other, even though they are the same age, but Scooter is the grade above because he was accelerated and they become fast friends based off of their shared love of comic books. Later in the season, Scooter buys a like sea creature powder thing from the back of a comic book where it's like you are supposed to pour the powder into a fishbowl and it's supposed to develop like this supernatural sea creature or something. And they spend all day checking this fishbowl to see when the sea creatures are going to grow. <laughs> and at the end, Miss Avery tells them that it was a scam and she ends up getting them real goldfish for their fishbowl to take care of. Very cute. After that, the two of them are doing their science fair project. Their project is feeding one mouse healthy food and one mouse junk food. And they are very excited when the mouse that they've been feeding the junk food to is not gaining weight and the one with the healthy food is gaining weight because they're like, oh yeah, junk food is better for you. <laughs> Let's go. But Miss Avery then comes along and realizes that the mouse that was eating the junk food is actually pregnant. <laughs> so <laughs> their spirits are destroyed, unfortunately. Next is that there's like just one episode where like other characters are doing things and then we get random like interspersions of Scooter and Bartholomew doing the pictures for the school yearbook. It's kind of cute because at the end they take a picture together. I honestly kind of ship them, not gonna lie. But that's all there is to that quote unquote plot. They just do run, run the pictures. <laughs> and finally... Scooter and Tessa, Tessa Campanelli herself, she is now on the show. They are being little brats and at the school dance and I think like throughout the last week of school, they're running around playing tag with each other, annoying everybody else around them. But at the dance, while they're playing tag, they end up in the boiler room, which happens to be on fire. <laughs> so they're able to alert everybody that the boiler room is on fire and let everybody know <laughs> before the school literally explodes. <laughs> so thank you, Scooter and Tessa, <laughs> for being the first ones, the first couple to be in the Degrassi boiler room. <laughs> Get out with that. That's so true. Also leaving the door open with a fire going? A little questionable there. Kind of think it was their fault, but we'll get to it. Well, the acting in that scene was actually super funny because they they do the thing where they touch the door handle and it's like, 
it's hot. But then they just open it right after that. It's like, is the door was, not still hot? I was thinking the same thing. I'm also like, that's like the first rule in like fire safety is if the door is hot, don't go in. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what the heck? Um, okay, so I think you're absolutely right. I think that they are supposed to be taking Arthur and Yick's spot. I thought it was funny how Arthur and Yick were like, we have to haze them. It's just part of the deal. It's just part of being in, you know, middle school. We have to just treat them like shit. But I do like that they were like, okay, well, we can't like treat them exactly like how we were treated, but we could just send them to the wrong class instead. Yeah. And nothing's more embarrassing than realizing you're in the wrong class like five minutes in. Been there, done that. <laughs> no, the, that embarrassment is real, but also. <laughs> Bartholomew knew he was supposed to be in Miss Avery's class, so why didn't he do anything for, like, the first five minutes when he realized it was a man teaching? That's such a good point. He really was like, I'm in Miss Avery's. That's so funny. He's he's a cutie, though. He really is of age. That is, like, the most age-correct ca- casting I think I've ever seen in my life. But he's also, like, a small adult, too, because he carries a briefcase and wears, like, a dress shirt every day. That's so funny. But that's why him and Scooter get along so well. Also, he has like an old man's name. So, I mean, it's only fitting. Well, yeah, like, I don't know if Bartholomew was like a, you know how names become old people names? I don't know. (laughs) Bartholomew is an old people name because we're younger. (laughs) Or if Bartholomew was an old man's name when he was in the 80s. I hope it was an old man's name because that makes it even funnier with him in his briefcase. Yeah, because doesn't he also say, like, don't call me Bart? Yes. Yeah, so. which I still wrote Bart down in my notes because that's oh, yeah. it. <laughs> it's just easier to write and say. <laughs> yeah, literally. That That is a tough name to spell. But I really enjoy him and Scooter's friendship. I forget what they were talking about. Something about scooter being in like a higher grade or whatever and bart just goes yeah there must be a flaw in the education system to let you move up and i was like what a burn (laughs) it was so good i don't know like why but it was awesome yeah and their their little plots about the the sea creature and the mount the mice (laughs) were were they were stupid i won't lie i wasn't that entertained by them (laughs) but I thought it was I just, cute. I just wrote, I was like, so this plot's about them being scammed? <laughs> I was like, I just didn't understand where it was going, but I was like, all right, I guess Miss Avery just was like, just can't trust a, can't trust him. I don't know, magazine? Like, what was the, couldn't tell you. Yeah, Miss Avery is teaching them as she should. Yeah, I feel like it was supposed to, well, they probably didn't have them around this time, but it reminds me of, like, when you'd go to the Scholastic Book Fair and you'd buy, like, the spy kit with, like, oh, you can write in, like, secret invisible ink and, like, you use lemon juice and, like, all this stuff. And it's just, like, probably just cheap shit that you buy for, like, $20 and your mom's like, why did I let you have this money? I'm annoyed at you. That's basically what happened in this plot. Yeah, because we, like, can't relate to ordering things from, like, the back of a magazine or a comic book because we have the internet. 
Right? That's even like there's kids these days don't even know what a catalog is. Oh like, like there's this kid that was like, we were talking about Sears. And they were like, what do you mean you can buy like tools there? Isn't that like, like that was a clothing store, right? It's like, oh my God, people don't even know what Sears are now or Sears is anymore. How do, how do you even live without the Sears catalog? <laughs> how do you own anything in your house without the Sears catalog? <laughs> I loved working at Sears. It was awesome. Oh my God, I forgot you worked there. <laughs> <laughs> it was great times. Honestly, not bad. Kind of bummed they all closed. Everywhere I work closes. <laughs> it's a curse. Oh, well. But yeah, then they ended up getting real fish and then they had class pets in the end anyway. So what are you going to do? Yeah, they're just cute little boys. They're just yeah. friends. There's not much more to them. <laughs> if anything, they are the definition of guys being dudes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to fit it. Thank you. I guess the last thing is, is that I didn't realize, like, is Scooter running around with the Tessa? Yes, it's the Tessa. I did not. I mean, like, I recognized her name, but I just, she looks so young. Because she's probably, like, 10 years old. <laughs> I know, but she becomes a star later on. Yes, I'm so ready. Uh, but I still think if they kept that boiler room closed... The fire probably wouldn't have spread. <laughs> oh, that's so true. Yeah, I think it was kind of their fault. <laughs> well, but... <laughs> they had to get rid of junior high somehow. Yeah, this is the first iconic dance event. You mean right? going into labor last season didn't count? Oh, yeah, that, that was actually it. I take it back. Well, I don't know. Spike going into labor was pretty big. Now the entire school burned down. And the the first dance ever was Stephanie getting trashed. Right. Total Ashley move. Or Paige move. My bad. I feel like Ashley would have done something like that. But... It was Terry who got drunk. Paige Terry! Got... No, sorry. Paige should have been the one getting drunk. Yes. <laughs> All right, now that I don't remember anything from anything we've ever talked about. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I do think the, like, Scooter and Tessa playing tag was kind of indicative of I guess the role of Scooter and Tessa and Bart that it's like emphasizing that they're still kids oh yeah especially is... since no one took them seriously when they were like there's a legitimate fire in the building they're like yeah right well I think part of that was also because there have been boiler room problems throughout the whole season <laughs> oh yeah but they all these kids were also so annoying running around through everybody yeah yeah, I mean, honestly, that's kind of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm i shocked we've talked about them this long already. Yeah, so should we move on? Yes, let's go to the OG Arthur and Yick. Arthur and Yick. Arthur and Yick, love them. So, as I just said, in the first episode, Arthur and Yick haze Bartholomew by putting him in the broom closet and sending him to the wrong class. But Yik also notices that Arthur is now sporting a fancy leather jacket and that Stephanie is no longer at Degrassi and is at an expensive private school. And Arthur then is like, oh, you got me. My mom won the lottery and now we're like loaded. 
in this episode, we also meet Dorothy, who is Arthur's cousin, who in real life is Arthur's sister, which is kind of confusing. Wait, really? Yeah. No wonder they look so much alike. They're literally twins. No way! Well, Wait, like- no, no, they're not literally twins, but... Oh. Um, <laughs> well, okay, if you've, seen, if you've seen them, you'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Well, it's it's obvious that Arthur is older than Dorothy, but, like, they're obviously from the same parents. They, yeah. Okay, cool. Anyway, keep going. Sorry, I did not know that. And when we meet Dorothy, we then get another parallel where Arthur says, don't talk to me at school, you're a lowly grade seven. So Arthur clearly does not know how to break cycles of violence. A couple episodes later, we get our very first Degrassi Christmas episode where, like, everybody is chilling in the cafeteria for some reason. But Arthur and Yick exchange, or are about to exchange their Christmas presents, but Arthur being rich comes up again, and they start fighting each other about that. So the whole episode is basically just a recap episode of scenes from the first two seasons, where Dorothy is like, hey, even though I wasn't there, do you remember that time that this happened? And, like, we talk about the, like, Mr. Radish problems and all the other things that I don't want to list. Um, so at the end of the episode, they make up and they exchange gifts with Arthur getting Yik a like band for his glasses so he doesn't have to push them up all the time. And Yik gets Arthur a calculator. Very cute. Soon after that, Dorothy is like kind of being a little creepy watching Arthur and Yik from afar. And Dorothy goes to Arthur and asks if Yik likes her. Arthur obviously says no. But instead of laying off, Dorothy decides to spray Yik with a water gun, I guess because that's what Yik and Arthur were doing last season, like spraying water guns at people. But not the best flirtation technique because it doesn't work. (laughs) And that's really all we get from Dorothy, Dorothy's crush on Yik. But Dorothy then pops in again because she ends up making a bet with all of the grade sevens in her class about, like, getting Arthur to admit that he's rich or something like that. So, like, throughout the episode, all the grade sevens are going up to Arthur like, are you rich? And he's lying and says no. And he's like, "Who who's spreading the, the tea that I am rich? I don't want anybody to know that he's rich. Because... I don't know if he meant this seriously or not, but he says several times that he's worried that he's going to get kidnapped and held for ransom (laughs) because he's rich. So I honestly could not tell if he was being serious about that. But anyway, he then finds out about Dorothy's bet and he says that he will pay the bets that she lost instead of telling the truth because he has the money to like give her $20 or whatever. If she promises to not spread the rumor, or I guess it's not a rumor, around that he is rich. But her fingers are crossed when she says that she'll keep the promise. So who knows what what happens afterwards. Finally, we have Arthur. We finally meet his dad for the first time. And he is not very happy with his dad's girlfriend, Carol. His dad is like spending time with, with her and not spending as much time with him. Like, they have this TV show that they watch together, and he's, like, missing their weekly TV sessions. And he also thinks that Carol is just a pretty annoying person. But she's a post office lady, so I don't know. She's, I think she's a good person in my book. All post officers are great. Just because of her job? 
<laughs> I mean, they're like the backbone of our society. Okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but he then, like, he kind of loses his shit when he walks in on his dad and he finds Carol in the bed naked. <laughs> so he's a little traumatized from that. Yik gives him the advice to tell his dad how he feels, but he does not until at parent-teacher open house night, his dad brings Carol. So Arthur goes off and is like, fuck you, dad. Things were so much better without Carol around. Get away from me. And he storms off. His dad then comes home and he says that Carol broke up with him because he she can't deal with a child that hates her, I guess. And he is very upset about it. And the next day, Arthur expresses about even though he got what he wanted, he does not feel any better because he made his dad sad. <laughs> and that's really all that we get from Arthur and Yick this season. Okay. Honestly, I don't hate the Arthur being rich plot. I think this was Degrassi actually following through on something for like once in their entire life. And it was why Stephanie or yeah, why Stephanie left the show basically yes i agree that it's like it's a fine rationale i do think it's not relatable that like her mom won the lottery <laughs> and that's why I don't oh know. it's definitely weird but i also kind of find it fun because we've never had we've had rich characters like later on you know declan and fiona holly J was like kind of rich for like a little bit so it's kind of fun to see a character who wasn't rich just like suddenly become rich and also just suddenly become so interested in reading the business side of the newspaper all the time. He's yeah, like, I gotta absolutely. check my investments. I'm like, you're 12. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I just think it's, I don't know. I think it's kind of fun. I think it's different. I feel like it's like a fun way to explain how someone got money, honestly. Yeah, but I feel like they don't really do anything with the fact that Arthur has money besides him not wanting people to know that he has money. Yeah, I think that's a little weird for me. I don't understand why he cares so much what people think. Like, it's one thing to be like, I don't want people treating me differently, but then there's the irrational fear of him being kidnapped. That's, like, not really making any sense in my book, but... He is a child, and I'm sure his mom was like, don't tell anyone or you'll be kidnapped, so. Yeah, like I said, I don't, don't, I don't know if he was being serious about that. It seemed like he was, but it seems like something so out there to be actually worried about. I wonder if for some reason in Canada around this time, someone won the lottery and got kidnapped. <laughs> and they're just like, ah, eh, this could be a plot, right? Honestly, that would be a fun plot if Arthur did get kidnapped. Yeah, let's just do that. They end up doing it anyway with Maya and shit, so might as well just start it early. Oh my god. Never forget. I wish I could forget that episode, honestly. <laughs> I just, let me see. What else did I write? Oh, the fact that his mom won over a million dollars. I didn't even do, I didn't even figure out with inflation, like, what that would be. A million dollars in 1980? Mm-hmm. What would that even be now? A lot. A lot of freaking money. That's that's what I gotta say. Especially in Canadian dollars. Yeah. They just they're just uh very expensive. Very they're very wealthy over there now. But he still lives with his dad for some reason. 
Yeah, I mean, now his mom's probably, like, traveling and stuff, because she has all that money, like, she's gonna take him to France. Yeah. So. And I guess he did say last season that he prefers living with his dad. Yeah, that's kind of why I figured he was there, like, I mean, they didn't explain it very well, but what my assumption is, is that, like, Stephanie, she didn't have a great run at Degrassi the last two years, she decided to go to private school. Arthur was like, I don't mind Degrassi. I like living with my dad. I'm just going to keep doing that. But it's yeah. like, does he have money? Like, is his mom giving him money? Like, that's what I don't know. Because the dad doesn't seem to have any more money. Yeah, I feel like the dad said something where it seemed like he was a little bitter that his ex-wife was so rich. Which, fair, I would be too. Could you imagine you get divorced and then your ex-spouse wins the lottery? right you get nothing it wasn't even in the pension you get literally nothing <laughs> didn't even Rough. have a prenup right that's or yeah prenup duh not pension well yeah i don't even know if they do pensions back then but i don't mind it i think that the christmas plot was kind of cute i like the little flashbacks over like their friendship and but it's just like was kind of weird that you kept like poking the bear with the rich thing yeah, I mean, it makes sense why I feel like that, I don't know if it's like a thing, but it's definitely a trope about like being insecure of your rich friend, right? They they kind of did the same thing with Spinner and Jimmy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. When Spinner steals from Jimmy. Yeah. So Yeah, and I, I feel like after Arthur like broke that vase too, that, I don't know. I feel like wasn't that expensive. No, it was it was a like dollar store vase that he was faking as a family heirloom. That's what I was thinking, but I feel like there was something else that came up with money, but I think I might just be wrong with Yik. I don't think Yik's poor, but I can also see why he'd be like, dude, you're rich. Like, why are you not acknowledging that you're rich? You're reading the business paper. You probably got me some expensive gift. I was glad that the gift wasn't expensive, though, I, I will say. Yeah, I liked how it was, like, an actual thoughtful gift. Like, dude, you're always pushing your glasses up. Like, <laughs> Really? You gotta fix that. I'm gonna buy you something to fix it. Yeah, I thought that was cute. But yeah, I, I the, the feud made sense. I didn't care for the flashbacks. So I feel like for, like, this is the one and only flashback episode Degrassi has ever or will ever do. And I feel like flashback episodes are always something you do at the very end of a series, you know? Yeah, I guess the closest thing that comes to it is, like, Stephanie's flashbacks before the end of, like, the season. Well, that wasn't... I'm not saying flashbacks in general. They do do those some sometimes. But, like, they were literally showing the full scenes from the old episodes. Yeah, I I feel like it had probably more of an impact when there was like we were watching it back to back like we we can watch it whenever we want they probably had to like wait years to watch in between seasons this is so only, the flash it's only season three this is only like it's probably only been two years yeah but think about people didn't have dvr people didn't have ways to like re-watch it like they probably don't remember these scenes from years ago it probably was like cool that they could re-watch those scenes but this is also the era of reruns. In the 80s? Isn't it? I mean, we, reruns were like 
a thing until Netflix, weren't they? I guess, but I don't know how often Degrassi was a rerun show. I don't know. I was just like, half the episode was just flashbacks of things I've seen before. So I was like, okay, let's just zoom through these. Well, yeah. I mean, like I said, it's not for us. I think it probably was more impactful and cute for people like watching this around Christmas time. And like, it's like, oh, remember that scene? Oh, remember that scene? It was so cute. So I don't think it was like bad. I thought it was fine. I mean, like, yeah, we could fast forward through it, but people who were watching it couldn't. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I was just like, I've seen this. I don't need to see it again. And it's also just Arthur and Yick, which we've talked about. Like, they're not not entertaining, but they're not somebody who I need to go back and rewatch, you know? Well, that's the thing, too. I wonder if they were, like, a huge hit when it came out, enough that people would have enjoyed that. Because they wouldn't have done it with characters that they that people didn't like. I, for some reason, I bet Arthur and Yick were like, yeah, we love Arthur and Yick. They're our favorite characters. They're such comedic reliefs. Like, they're so funny. Not me. I know. Well, not me either, because they're like 12 and I don't care. But <laughs> I feel like that could have been how people felt. It's too bad we don't know anybody who actually watched it live. We should find a boomer. I'll put it on Reddit. Who old? <laughs> looking for a boomer who watched Degrassi in the 80s. <laughs> or would that be, that would be um, Gen X, I think, would have been teenagers in the 80s. I think so. Sorry to those people. <laughs> That's really all we get from Arthur and Yick's friendship. And we actually don't, we don't get anything from Yick's perspective, which I was disappointed by. So I think this is the second season in a row where we haven't gotten anything from Yick. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, it's kind of disappointing, but are we surprised? I feel like, unfortunately, Degrassi doesn't does that sometimes. Especially for its characters who are not white. Yeah, that's kind of what I was. <laughs> that's what I was implying. <laughs> Say it, speak it, call them out. True, eighties Degrassi, come on! But at least they give him a semi love interest, Arthur's twin. Cousin. <laughs> yeah, I know, but they literally look the same. That was so funny. He's like, your cousin looks just like you. And he's like, no, she doesn't. She like really does. Yeah, she, it, was, she was kind of a brat. I didn't like her, honestly. I didn't like her either. She was kind of like, she was definitely annoying. But do you think that if Yik liked her, it was because he secretly loves Arthur? Well, since he doesn't like her, no. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it would have been weird if he did like her. She looked very much like Arthur. Yeah, because at this point, Arthur and Yik have definitely, they're they're in the the depths of puberty at this point. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) Dorothy very much has not. So she still looks like a small child. Yeah, she's a tiny, tiny child. But glad they're still friends. They haven't pulled a JT and Toby where they broke up. <laughs> yeah, they actually like each other. I mean, every friendship has a fight. I But their fight was kind of dumb. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was like, Arthur, you're rich. Yik, stop bringing it up. Like, what? why are we doing this? Yeah. But how do you feel about Carol? 
I'm not surprised by how this went. It's just like classic. My parents got divorced. My dad has a girlfriend. He's trying to live his own life. It wasn't cool that the dad was ditching him on like important nights, though. Yeah. I will say, I feel like he his dad could have figured it out to not be hanging out with Carol like on the nights that were important to him and Arthur. But yeah. I think that or was like, kind of the first screw up. Or even found a way to like organically include Carol on those so that she could kind of join in on the shared interests. Yeah, I think it was tough because the dad seemed like he wanted to keep the lives like separate, but then also wanted to bring Carol around on like his own terms. Like when he just surprised Arthur on like parent, I don't know, was it parent teacher night? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Where he like brought Carol. Yeah. Like that was insane to me. It was like, you know, Arthur doesn't like this woman and you're going to bring her to his school for parent teacher night, implying that like that's his mother you know well that's the thing I don't even know if he knew that Arthur didn't like her because he never like asked you know well, what I mean sure but Arthur has not been subtle about his dislike for her true but his dad's just so wrapped up in it that I think that's why it was like a surprise when Arthur was like what the fuck is this woman doing here basically but it was kind of a bummer that they broke up. I feel like that was kind of extreme. Yeah, I do maybe get the point that Arthur's dad was not really parenting Arthur, which is why Arthur hated her so much, which is why she dipped when he was so mean to her. Well, yeah, I would dip too. If a kid was fucking bullying me, I'm out. I'm not dealing with it. You're but... Don't you deal with that every day. I'm not dealing with it if I'm not getting paid. That's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> like, yeah, no, this is why I don't date people who have kids. Could you imagine? <laughs> no, thanks. But I do feel for his dad. His dad, you know, his ex-wife won the lottery, first of all. His ex-wife was basically already, like, engaged before their divorce was even finalized. And now she's taking his son to France, which, like, he wasn't bummed about because then he gets alone time with Carol. But he can't even have a girlfriend because his son is, like, pissy about it. It's like, this dude can't win. He cannot win. I, I do think his dad definitely made many poor decisions, though, <laughs> in this episode. I think that it could have gone a different way, but I also understand, like, the importance of Arthur seeing his dad sad. Because Arthur was like, yay, this woman's gone. Like, my life is better. But Arthur wasn't thinking about how that would, like, actually impact his dad. And I'm glad that they do acknowledge that, like, a little bit. Yeah, like, he definitely is not happy about the outcome, even though it is what he wanted. But I think the the larger point is um, what Yik was saying, that he hates Carol so much, but he isn't telling his dad that. Yeah, that's what that's kind of what I was saying earlier when I said that his dad doesn't know that Arthur hates Carol. Well, so here's the thing. I think that his dad, it, it should have been very easy to pick up that Arthur doesn't like her, but Arthur was not expressing himself as to like what exactly he wants to change, which I think was the larger thing in the episode because he could have made the situation better for himself without 
making his dad sad if he just expressed his feelings in a more mature way. Yeah, I I absolutely agree with that. I don't think their relationship was mature enough for that. Obviously, from their weird joke all the time situation, like his dad wanted to be his friend, like his dad wasn't being a dad. And that's kind of like the issue, too. But I don't know. I don't hate Carol. I think Carol just got stuck in the middle of something. Honestly. She got out at the right time. Yeah. It's just such a bummer that he like broke up with her for the like like no reason. Like like you said, if it had just been communicated, it would have been fixed. Well, she broke up with him. Oh wait, she broke up with him? Yeah. Oh, the way he worded it. What? That's why he was so sad because he got dumped. I thought, well, oh, the way he worded it, I thought it was mutual. Well, I think he was like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. But like he that's obviously isn't what he wanted. I thought him and her had like a split because he was like, we're going to take some time apart. Obviously, they broke up. I figured it was because he finally caught on that Arthur was like hated her. So he was like, I have to end this relationship, even though I'm happy because my child is a dick and like won't keep it together in public around this. <laughs> no, that's mean. But like it was after Arthur acted up at the parent teacher conference. Yeah. And I think I th- because of that, Carol dumped him. She's like, I can't deal with your bratty son. No. Did Carol? No. Now I'm literally looking this up because that is not what I took away from that. Well, Arthur. either way. Arthur should have communicated better because nobody ended this episode a winner. (laughs) Exactly. Oh no, you're right. Carol dumped him. Have I ever been wrong? Yes. I don't know when, but I'll think about it. That's surprising. I really figured it was kind of like mutually. Wow. Yeah, I could see it being like Arthur's dad. I can't do this. And... That would have been so much better. That would have been so much better from him. Oh my god, my point of view has totally changed on him. I figured he d- t- d- like was the bigger person, ended the relationship so that he could have a better relationship with his son, but was still bummed. I didn't know he got dumped. That sucks. I feel for him. Fuck Carol. <laughs> I take it back. I take everything nice I said about her back. I still stand postal office workers. All right. Anything else for them, though? Because I want to move on to the good stuff. Yes. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Okay. So Kathleen and Melanie are stars of the episode. So beginning of the season, Kathleen is running against Nancy for school president, but she ends up losing and Kathleen ends up being the vice president instead. So Melanie is comforting her, saying like, oh, you deserved it more. You're so much smarter than know-it-all Nancy. But then Kathleen ends up blowing Melanie off a few times to hang out to instead do some student council things. So Melanie's already kind of mad at her for that. And then Melanie asks Kathleen to put her on the dance committee. But in the cafeteria, Melanie overhears Kathleen say to Nancy that there's no good eighth graders that would be good for the dance committee. They're all so immature. So Melanie overhears this and is like, oh, Kathleen, if I'm so immature, I'm just going to pour some milk over your head. (laughs) Melanie being iconic as always. But moving on to more serious things, 
we come back to Kathleen where she is at home. Her parents are arguing. Her mom is drunk as she always is. And they're arguing over Kathleen's dad being gone all the time. So Kathleen runs upstairs. She looks in the mirror and she's like, I'm so fat. The next day at school, Kathleen is being very controlling of Melanie in their science fair project. It's about, what was it about? Global warming? I forget. Some, something about ecosystems, whatever. Yeah. But she has also overcommitted herself with Nancy with some student council things. So she's like being pulled in a million different directions. And she is also not eating her lunch or anything at all. So Melanie and Kathleen end up going to Kathleen's place to work on their project. And her mom shows up. She's super drunk and tries to help. And Melanie ends up needing to leave because of this. Her mom like passes out in the living room. So Kathleen stress eats a cookie after this because she's starving and, you know, her mom just embarrassed her in front of her friend. And immediately after that, she goes to the bathroom to throw it up. Later at the science fair, I forget how she gets it, but Melanie ends up reading Kathleen's diary and sees that her diary is really just kind of a log of the things that she's eating. So Melanie finds out from this that Kathleen is barely eating at all. She talks to Caitlin about what to do, who I don't know if Caitlin gives her any advice, but at the science fair, Ka Kathleen is then really stressed about winning. And when they only end up getting an honorable mention, Kathleen runs off. She's super embarrassed. Melanie tries to calm her down. And Kathleen says how she tries so hard to do well so that her parents will be proud of her. And like nothing she ever does is ever good enough. And she ends up fainting in the middle of the hallway. So Miss Avery comes to the rescue. Melanie tells Miss Avery that she hasn't been eating. And she, Miss Avery, sets Kathleen up with an appointment with the school nurse. But after waking up, Kathleen continues to say that she doesn't have any problem. And she is super pissed at Melanie for reading her diary. Blah, blah, blah. She has not acknowledged that she has an eating disorder or anything like that. And that's where we leave off in that episode. In the next episode with them, Melanie is excited to get her braces off, especially when Snake invites her to the Gourmet Scum concert. She still isn't really talking to Kathleen at this point, but Melanie does mention that she has been seeing Kathleen eating at lunch. So we get that update there. But with regards to the concert, Melanie tries to get the money for the concert from her mom. She will be like babysitting that weekend or something. So she's like, oh, I'll pay you back after babysitting. But her mom says that money is tight, so she can't lend her the money. Melanie then, of course, ends up stealing the money from her mom's purse with the intention to put it back after babysitting. But babysitting in classic grassy fashion gets canceled. So she has to fess up to her mom that she stole the money, especially when her mom is like, Melanie, did you see my $20? I really needed that for groceries. Like, we're kind of broke right now. I don't know what we're going to do. So Melanie feels super bad, tells the truth. She ends up getting grounded. And she has to then tell Snake that she can't go to the concert anymore. I think she ends up giving her concert or selling her concert ticket to Spike. So we get good things for Spike, at least. <laughs> she really needs it. But... <laughs> So next is Allison, this random girl, Allison. She's probably been in the background at this point, but this is the first time that we 
ever get lines from this girl, Allison. She's best friends with Amy. Allison has a crush on Snake, and she is, like, flirty flirting with him to the big annoyance of Melanie. Melanie, because of this, then gets the courage to ask Snake out to the movie, but Snake cannot go because Allison asked him to her party. <laughs> and Allison and Amy are then, like, teasing Melanie about being younger and how Snake will never go for her. Later, at parent-teacher open house, Melanie puts on a lot of makeup to try to impress Snake. It looks really bad. It's actually so funny how bad it looks. But she's practicing in the mirror to ask him out again in the bathroom. And Kathleen overhears her doing this. So later, when Allison and Amy are talking shit in the hallway about Melanie, Kathleen is like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Melanie is so much better than any of you guys. And... Melanie overhears her stand up for her. So this reunites Melanie and Kathleen. It's kind of really wholesome. <laughs> I like almost cried. But um, yeah, Mel Kathleen and Melanie are friends again. Kathleen tells Melanie that she is now in counseling for her, e for her eating disorder. She kind of thanks Melanie in her own Kathleen way for getting her there. And at the end of the episode, Snake ends up asking Melanie to the graduation dance. So it finally seems that Snellany is going to happen. But they get foiled once again because Snake then invites Melanie to Lucy's party that is happening in one of the next episodes. And Kathleen gets Melanie to ask Snake to get Kathleen to get invited. So they show up to the party, Melanie and Kathleen. But Snake is caught up in Joey's bullshit with getting alcohol. The, the boys got, what'd you call it? They got arrested? But... Anyway, Snake does not end up showing up to the party, <laughs> and I think they still end up going to the graduation dance together, but I'm not sure on that, because they're not a focus in that episode. But really, that's it. They get foiled once again. <laughs> foiled once again. Okay. I don't even know where to start. I guess just, like, a lot of it kind of leads into... Kathleen's eating disorder from like the beginning like the fact that she didn't win the school presidency so the focus really became like the science fair because she's like I want to make my parents proud I want to make my parents proud I don't know how real that actually was I feel like it probably was I also feel like it was like the eating disorder talking because at that point she had been eating for like what seemed like a month honestly I'm yeah. pretty sure for what Melanie said how do you think the episode was done, like, regarding the eating disorder? Like, do you think it was done well? Do you think they addressed it in, like, an okay way? Like, what do you think? So I think Kathleen was a good character to give the eating disorder to because from last season, we know her mom is an alcoholic. Her dad isn't really around. So it makes sense that she has, you know, self-esteem issues. I do think overall the episode was very public service announcement-y because you would have like Kathleen doing eating disorder things and then Erica and Heather were doing their science fair project on eating disorders. So like throughout the episode, you would have Erica and Heather like doing exposition about like what anorexia is, what bulimia is, you know? And then like the next scene would be Kathleen doing those things, you know? So it was right. kind of, it was very much after school special in that sense, because also like 
the very first scene of the episode, Kathleen runs upstairs because her parents are fighting. She looks in the mirror and she's like, I'm so fat. Like, I didn't really, I was like, where's the connection <laughs> there? And I feel like, not that I have personal experience with eating disorders, but I feel like you don't like stare in the mirror and you're like, I'm so fat. I don't know, though. I was going to say, as a woman, <laughs> but, like good chance that that was actually happening. But yeah, I think that they probably could have made like a little bit better of a connection for the eating disorder to like the stress from home, everything that was going on. Do I feel like it's let's give the horrible thing to the bitchy girl to make her nicer? Yeah, I feel like that always happens. But this one isn't like a traumatic event that she couldn't control, at least like, you know what I mean? I think that this uh, this was kind of like different than our usual like Darcy and Paige and Holly J situations. Well, I think we talked about this last season with the alcoholic mom, right? Where it's like, yes, bad things are happening to Kathleen, but she's not necessarily becoming a nicer person because of that. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. I mean, like she kind of becomes like a little more tolerable after. Yeah, like, I definitely like her more after this season. Just because I she does show some vulnerability, especially in when she reunites with Melanie. And that was really nice to see. Yeah. Do we feel like Kathleen and Melanie are the OG Holly J and Anya? Oh, 100%. Yes, love that so much. It's just Melanie is able to stand up to Kathleen's bullshit and Anya is not <laughs> yeah it like kind of reminds me of like the fact that Kathleen or the fact that Melanie even poured milk on Kathleen it kind of just remind me of Anya like semi standing up for herself at the like volunteer cookie thing yes and I was like yes girl do I mean like should you pour milk on somebody no did Kathleen kind of deserve it uh yeah <laughs> Yeah. She was openly talking shit about her only friend. Right. To like Nancy, who's not even her friend at the time. It's just so weird. But with the whole eating disorder stuff and relating that to Melanie and Kathleen's friendship. So, I mean, Melanie was going through Kathleen's diary to like be snob, be snobby, right? That's the word. Yeah, sure. That's not the word. She was looking for shit to, like, probably use against her eventually. Yeah, yeah. Just What's the word where you're, like, nosy, nosy? That's the word. I was, like, sleuthing? <laughs> yeah, she was being nosy. She's going okay. through Kathleen's diary. So, obviously, that's not a good thing. <laughs> but when she did find out that Kathleen wasn't eating and she, like, she connected the signs from Erica and Heather's science fair project, she was, like, she has all the symptoms Kathleen, maybe you should go take a look at Erica and Heather's science fair project. You might learn something. That was a look that again, like on the nose public service announcement e. But I do think she did a good. She she did she was as good of a friend as she could have been in the situation. I totally agree. I don't think they're like for being that young. She rec the fact that she even recognized the signs was like good enough in my opinion. And then the fact that she brought it up with Kathleen, Kathleen was a total biatch doer, which like fair, 
like you you know it's denial like you've been doing this for a while like it's unfortunate but that's probably how someone would react and then the fact that Kathleen even got mad at her after when she found out Miss Avery like she told Miss Avery and Melanie was still like you need help like what do you why are you mad at me about this like what like I love that Melanie doesn't back down she doesn't think like she did something wrong she's like no I know I did the right thing Mm -hmm. I'm proud of her yeah, because like comparing it to, for example, Emma's eating disorder and Emma had her whole thing where she like blew up at everybody in her family. She was like, Snake, you're cheating on mom and Manny, I'm with Peter, so get away from me. You know, so it was kind of similar to that where like pushing people away to like avoid your problem. Right. So made sense there with the parallels. But I guess Kathleen doesn't really get help immediately. She does end up getting help off screen, like, over the next three episodes. Whereas Emma, like, went to the fucking hospital <laughs> right away. Yeah, that's that's what we were kind of talking about before we started. Was I honestly didn't, re- like, notice if they had even finished this plot. Like, I noticed Kathleen being nicer towards the end of the season. They don't really address it as a thing anymore after, like, they show the Miss Avery conversation in the hallway, whatever. Then you said, like, oh, they notice her eating at lunch. And then it's like, then she's like, yeah, I'm getting help. It was kind of like we didn't get the conclusion that we needed. Like, we didn't in that sense. But also, it's kind of tough because her dad is away and her mom is an alcoholic. So how are we supposed to get help? Well, I think they could have, like, gave her a point of view in one of the later episodes of the season just to, like, maybe show her going to therapy rather than just have them tell us that she is. I agree. And I also think what would have been a really good scene would have been one with a nurse. If they had shown her when Miss Avery was like, you need to go to the nurse. I made an appointment. Like, you should go. I think it would have been really good to to show like that part of it where it's like she went to the nurse and then they had that conversation and the nurse was like, it's okay. Like you need help. Like we'll get you some help. And like, you know what I mean? Show the like scariest part of the whole thing, which is the part where you like admit that you have the problem. Right. They just skip from showing that she's at like rock bottom, leave her for a couple episodes. And then she's like, I'm better now. Thanks, Melanie, for helping out. Yeah, didn't love that. I gotta say, not a big fan. But is there anything else for the eating disorder? I just wanted to cycle back to, like you had said that it doesn't make sense that she has an eating disorder. Is that what you said? Uh, No, maybe like, no, I, I mean, I said how, of course, they gave her one because she was a bitchy character. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess I was just thinking about how I guess I'm thinking ahead also to spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Degrassi High, I guess that Kathleen has an abusive boyfriend. So like, that's another thing, you know, giving the bitchy character a traumatic thing happened to her, right? But I think with Kathleen, it's like, I don't I don't know if her alcoholic mom is ever resolved on the show. But I think that both of the eating disorder and the abusive boyfriend 
are very easily connected to that initial alcoholic mom issue. Well, I thought the assumption in last season was that she, or maybe the season before, I forget what season they introduced the alcoholic mom, but she like talked to one of the characters about it. And then she's like, I'm going to tell someone. And then they were like, okay. And then that was like it. Yeah. So I guess nothing came of that, (laughs) but yeah so that's kind of annoying too is that they just kind of blew that whole thing off and we're like we're just gonna continue with her being a horrible abusive person yeah but I just think that it makes sense even though it's maybe not good from a meta perspective of Kathleen keeps getting these terrible things given to her but from a narrative perspective it makes sense because her home life isn't great she has no like adult support system and maybe she's unpleasant because of that but because she's unpleasant she also doesn't really have many friends to support her which is maybe why it's easier for her to have these self-esteem issues that could manifest as an eating disorder or getting into an abusive relationship yeah I think that you psychoanalyzed her very well (laughs) where's my therapy degree literally though well done yeah I guess that's my manifesto on Kathleen's character yeah I think it's I think it's a good one I think it kind of I guess you you can see the Ellie reflection as well Ellie's mom alcoholic Ellie self-harmed through cutting Kathleen's mom's an alcoholic she self-harms through eating disorder Mm mm-hmm but Ellie wasn't a giant biatch. Kathleen is so horrible. Like, I can't. It's so hard to feel bad when she just treats Melanie like absolute garbage. Melanie's the only nice person to her. Like, she never says, like, thanks, Melanie, for having my back and, like, letting me not die. Well, doesn't she at the end of the season? Like, barely. Not enough for me to remember it. <laughs> Well, like I said, I just loved the scene where Kathleen stands up for Melanie in front of the bitchy girls and Melanie overhears and it's like, oh my god, my heart grew like 10 times. Yeah, it's fine, I guess. I'll take it. Oh my god, stop. I I literally thinking about when like Melanie is invited by Snake to this party as a date and Kathleen's like, you have to invite me. I set you guys up. It's like, girl read the room let them have a date like you don't need to go out it's just like you did not earn that spot at that party well it's not like it ended up working out for either of them anyway no it did not but still it's it's just like I feel for Kathleen in the eating disorder sense but she's still not likable in my eyes and I can't and I and you know what her actress great killing it because when I dislike someone this much that means that they are doing a great job And I wonder what she's up to now. (laughs) Well, I know Kathleen's actress is a professor, I believe. Get out. I love Um, that. uh, What's her name? She's so smart. Good for her. Rebecca Haynes. I believe she does research on... I think she does research on eating disorders. No way! I, I might be wrong. What a fun fact. Let's see. This is her Degrassi wiki page. (laughs) She is a health sociologist by training and has a PhD in behavioral health sciences and addiction from the University of Toronto. 
Wow. So like, I guess that's not eating disorders itself, but related. I'll take it. Nice for her. Yeah. So she's definitely an icon. But I just I just liked how Kathleen and Melanie's relationship developed over the season. Even if you might not like it. <laughs> I was say it kind of barely developed until it literally didn't until the end, I feel like. And also oh. Melanie had no problem talking mad shit about her to Caitlin like half the half the season. Not about like her eating disorder though. No, not about the eating disorder. It's just like Melanie was like not Melanie was talking shit about her to Caitlin, just like about how she's like a horrible friend and well, all I this mean, stuff. Was Melanie wrong? No, that's what I'm saying. Like their friendship, whatever, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. You're right. I have my opinions on it. Like I love Melanie. I'm a big fan of her. I think she's hilarious. I think she's great. I think Kathleen treated her like shit, even when she like did so much for her. Yeah. And that's that. Melanie is a better person than you than me yeah i mean like probably she put it well i don't know maybe she's more of a pushover than i am well i guess you could argue that melanie could have just dropped kathleen as a friend but i think that's kind of hard to do in you know public school (laughs) i guess it's different but we get more snelany in this season Kinda. Well, they, yeah. Like, never, they never like go out. <laughs> yeah, they've tried and failed like I think four or five times at this point. Fate is not working in their favor, if anything. Yeah, I'm so mad about it, honestly. Yeah, I think they would have been cute. I like the little Allison plot in between, like that. That was kind of fair. I I understood why that was happening. What do you mean? With, like, how other people were interested in Snake, too. Right? Because that was her name? Am I making yeah. this up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just, I like that part of it, too. That Snake has multiple girls into him? Yeah, I feel like Melanie's been dragging this out for too long. It's time for someone else to come on in. <laughs> well, has it always been Melanie's fault that things go wrong? I guess, let's see, last season was she lied to Yik, right? Yeah, so that was definitely her fault. Well, so so I, guess, like, I guess I guess also was... Joey and Wheels sabotaged the date too. So that was slightly on him as well. Yeah. No, I still think that was mostly her because she literally lied to Yik. But you said it's fine that she lied to Yik. So what is the truth, Bridget? I mean, I think it's fine, but like, did it did it sabotage her date? Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> I still stick with like she didn't owe him anything but that doesn't mean the date went well <laughs> like yeah anybody with eyes saw that one <laughs> okay fair and then let's see that was the only thing last season right so then this season was Melanie bought the ticket with money she didn't have yeah that's her fault <laughs> and then I guess it's Snake's fault that he got arrested for having alcohol <laughs> Yeah, that one I will definitely, there's, like, no blame on Melanie. Melanie showed up to the party. She said she was going to, like, it stinks they didn't go together. I feel like if he stood her up, it would have been, like, way more impactful, like, at her house. But I, the way things played out, it's like, damn, 
I just like would not have given him another chance again. I feel like it just at that point I would have been like, what? What do you mean you got arrested? You're in eighth grade, ninth grade. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember if they try again after this. So um, it might have it might have been it. This might be it for Snellany. Yeah. Well, who does he have? Does he have any love interests in Degrassi High? I know he has a thing with Michelle briefly. Okay. But that's it. I think so. So I think you're right. Yeah, I don't think him and Melanie try again. Yeah. As far as I can remember anyway. I would have liked them. It's just, you know, what is it? Wrong. Right Right. person, wrong time. (laughs) Yeah. Uh. If it was right person, wrong time, they would have gotten married. But Snake and Mary... To Spike. I know that would have been such a better matchup, but it's all right. What are you gonna do? You mean Snake and Melanie would have been a better matchup? I think, like in the future, you know what I mean. Like when in like the next generation, when they brought all the old characters back, it would have been cute to see Snake and Melanie one more time. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I meant. Because like I mean, Spike, they just they had to add in because of Emma, so like that makes sense. Yeah, so it makes sense why Snake and Spike got together so that you could just have them together all the time. But you know what? Maybe instead of Snake cheating with fucking Miss Hatsalakos, they could have brought Melanie back. That would have been so impactful. That would have been the greatest callback of all time. I would have. I mean, I wouldn't have known it when I watched it, obviously. (laughs) But that would have been iconic, actually. Yeah, I mean, I still think about how they brought Shane back for an episode. I think that was, I mean, I understand that he's Emma's father, but I think that was pretty iconic. Yeah, even if it wasn't the same actor. Yeah, fair. But, let's see. So I guess, more specifically, how do you feel about, you know, Melanie stealing money from her mom for this concert with Snake? I'm not really surprised. I kind of think that, her mom, I mean, I understand that the things are tight. Like, I didn't realize how tight things were with money when she asked her mom for an advance. Because at yeah. first I was like, I don't understand why her mom just doesn't, like, help her out a little bit. You know, like, I think there's a point where there's, like, responsibility. But then I also feel like as a mom, you could be like, you know what? This concert, like, I understand tickets, date, whatever. I'll give you the 20 in advance. You can pay me back. And then when the babysitting thing got canceled, they could figure something else out. Like, I think there were ways around it. I think her mom was a little bit strict, but since money is tight, I understand it. I think that maybe she should have explained it a little bit more to Melanie, just like how tight things were. Because like, it's almost seemed like $20 was like making or breaking it in that moment. So it was pretty shitty on Melanie's part. But also like if I was her age, I wanted to go to a concert with a boy that I liked. All I was like, well, it's only $20. I can like see where she's coming from. Was it the right thing? No. But do I get it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I I was on Melanie's side with like, yeah, mom, I'll just get it to you in like three days. What's the big deal? Though also, I do think, wasn't the first scene of the episode like Melanie treated all her friends to milkshakes or something? Yeah, because that's why when her mom's like, well, where did all your babysitting money go from yeah. last time? She's like, right. I spent it all. Yeah. Yeah. So I think 
that's why even besides the money is tight thing that's why her mom was like I'm not going to give you the money because you can't be responsible with it yeah I do think like you said her mom should have been clear about money is tight (laughs) $20 is very important to us right now yeah because I'm sure her mom didn't think she would steal from her but I also have to say like you got to be a little more honest than if it's like actually that serious Mm -hmm. in my opinion but I don't know I don't have kids (laughs) (laughs) but I also understand why she got grounded sucks though yeah (laughs) I would have been like fuck you should wait till after the concert girl to tell the truth yeah I know it's that bad (laughs) well I think part of it her mom was like really beating herself up over losing these 20 dollars I know the acting was so bad it was killing me (laughs) she's like oh no where did I put my 20 that was very dumb of me I was like all right we get it (laughs) oh and what Uh, did you feel about um I guess with the Melanie Allison snake love triangle with like Melanie like trying to win him with like the big face of makeup (laughs) that's so funny to me that's like totally a middle school move like he's gonna totally think I'm older and mature if I wear makeup the huge like I said I didn't mind it I thought it kept it a little bit interesting Allison was kind of snarky but like when you're in eighth grade, it seems like you have some weird entitlement or ninth grade, I guess, in this sense. Yeah, that's uh, kind of like a theme throughout the season that like all the ninth graders are really mean to the eighth graders because they're like, why am I still at this middle school? <laughs> yeah, it's like I get they're frustrated because they want to go to high school, but yeah, they kind of take it out on them and treat them like they're not people. Yeah, but then also the ninth graders are being treated badly at the high school when they go there for the afternoon. Yeah, true. It's just a whole cycle of hazing. Yes. That's just how it goes. Not the violence. I, I'm i with you. Totally agree. Uh, what did you think of the Alice and Snake Melanie love triangle? At first I was like, who the fuck is this Allison bitch? <laughs> nice. I was like, who is she and why is she like making the moves on Snake? I don't know her. I don't know her. She's not allowed to be here. So that was just funny. Like I said, I mostly just like this for Melanie and Kathleen friendship. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, Kathleen did pull through in this. I'll I'll like allow some Kathleen love in this yeah. moment. She was like, only I could shit on Melanie. <laughs> That was the vibe I got, kind of. Classic Holly J. I mean, Kathleen. (laughs) Anything else? I think that's all I got. Honestly, same. Yeah. So next time, we have our first group of grade nines. So we got Lucy, Icon, Erica, Heather, Michelle and Alexa, and Spike and Shane. And then our grand finale will, of course, be Wheels, the main character of the season, Joey and Caitlin, and Snake. Woo! Excited for it. Yes. So, no idea about timing for these episodes because school is starting soon. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! But 
Thank you for listening. <laughs> we'll see you soon.